faithful minister of the gospel of grace. Goodbye to us. Um, uh, when you find a faithful friend, you never want to lose them, do you? Uh, but sometimes God moves people on. Sometimes God brings people back. So uh, in our hearts, we want a faithful friend always to return. That might not be God's plans, but we'll be open for what God wants. So I want to talk about that this morning. I've asked Angus if he would bring a scripture, the scripture reading I want us to look at this morning. So we'll go for this one. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all here. Um, <clears throat> this morning, I'm going to read from Acts 20, verse 17 to 36. <clears throat> from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again, and therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver 
or gold or clothing, you yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed, and they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Thank you. What I want to do is to share with you the fact that uh, Lee is worthy of that passage being read this morning. And I want to draw some things out of it um, that speak about the real truth of the church, that's each one of us, and some real truths about what it is to shepherd a local expression of the body of Christ. You don't go to church. It's impossible. It's like visiting a Colosseum or an old temple if you go to church. Every one of you this morning, if you're born again, you are a member of a family. That's the end of it. You might not realise that or see that, but that is the truth that God wants to communicate with you this morning. We hear here of the shepherd's credentials. Can I say, it's not a job description. Now I understand because we are tied into the government, when people are employed, the trustees have to give us a contract and a job description. I want to scream when I am presented with such things as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not a job. You can't apply for this job. You're appointed by God for this job. We know how he lived the whole time, it says, he was with us. Lee was not hired to do a job. When I first met Lee eight years ago, I knew that the call of God was on his life. And it would only be a question of time before he was serving God full time. I have my eyes always looking around the congregation for those that God is calling to the ministry. In one way, you are all called to the ministry. I would say that all of you would lead to lay down the tools that you pick up every day and respond to the call of God upon your life to represent him. But we live in a culture that only recognises one or two people being called. That's fine, I'll go with that. Lee didn't come here uh, seeking to advance a career position. 
I remember when I was a school teacher, if I was going to press on to be a head of a department or a, a deputy head or even a head, I would have to move from school to school to achieve that. I could have hung around in one school for 30 years and I might have got there, but to do it in record time, I would have to have moved to the right positions at the right time. You don't move in the kingdom of God for promotion. God calls you to a body of people, to a family, and your life is lived amongst them and before them for everyone to see. Lee came to live amongst us. He came eight years ago to live amongst us. He came to share in our joys and our sorrows. He did what was helpful and needful in our lives to maintain the family that we have here. Day and night, he was available to us. You can't fit that into a job description. It doesn't work. It is a vocational calling of the giving of one's lives to the work of the ministry, to encourage God's people to keep moving towards him. It says about the Apostle Paul, he served the Lord with great humility and tears, although he was severely tested. In the five years that Lee worked with me, he never said no once to me. Any job I ever asked him to do, he always did it. Sometimes I thought up some real nasty things to give him. <laughs> things that I didn't want to engage in anymore. Things I were tired with, things I was exhausted with. And I would just dump it on him. And never once did he say no. Never once did he pull a face or say he didn't want to do it. He dealt with some very difficult issues. We were only discussing one this very week. And he says, well, I'm leaving on Friday. Do you want me to deal with it? I don't think we dealt with it, did we, in the end? No, we left it out. See, there are lots of difficult issues that come up. If you had a family of 100 people, you would have some difficult issues to deal with. And he faced it every time. He's taken cuts in his salary and never complained once. I think in sometimes he's been mismanaged, not because of those who managed him were at fault, but there was mismanagement. But he never complained once. He got on with it. And not got on with it because he had to get on with it, but accepted it. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, Lee has always counted it a privilege to serve the body of Christ. It is a privilege. It is a privilege to be your pastor, your minister, your servant. It is always a privilege to serve, to serve God and to serve his people. He has not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but has taught you publicly and from house to house. I remember the first time that Lee preached, obviously he was very nervous, he had no experience. But you know, 
You can recognise a gift when the gift is present. It might not be polished. It might not be mature. It might not be fully rounded. But you can see the gift in it. It's the job of those in leadership to spot the giftings in people and seek to release them so they're fulfilled in their ministry and their service of the Lord. He has always handled the word of God carefully and respectfully. That is not to be said of all ministries. Some people do terrible things with the word of God. I've always been proud of the way that Lee has presented the word of God to you. Some people say, well, you cloned him. What do you expect? No, 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 no. He looked and dug and discovered things that opened up areas of thinking for me. And I praise God for that. I talked to Lee when he was preaching at the weekend, maybe on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I say, have you got anything, Lee? And he'd go, no, I ain't got anything yet. <laughs> and he'd lock himself away in there, and he'd dig around and dig around and dig around, and come Friday, i say, you got anything? No. He says, no, I haven't got anything yet. <laughs> I used to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> you see, sometimes to get the word of God, you have to wait on the Lord, and you have to dig. He never brought to you a sermon of which there are thousands on his computer of which I never look into. He never ever did that. He got the word of the Lord for you. And sometimes he'd come in on Sunday and I'd sit by him and I'd say, what have you got? Oh, he said, I got it at midnight last night. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> See, you have to work at this stuff. God, God does things his way. I've woken early in the morning and maybe Leah's done this. And everything I had that I thought was a sermon, I tore it up and started again on Sunday morning at six o'clock. Praise God, Ailey. Because it's important you're honoured before God and you receive the word of God. What is preached from this pulpit is the word of God. I don't want sermons. I don't want second-hand sermons. I don't want some sermon out of a book that I might have even read the book. I want God's word, today's word, to be spoken into my heart by someone who has discovered it from God. His message has always been clear. You must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Repentance is not saying sorry. It's hearing things in a new way that cause us to think differently and move in a new direction. He has always done this by bringing us very challenging words. We're a family. We are a family. What brings you here week by week? What is it that brings you? Think about it. There are many, many thousands of churches all around us, especially in London, very different from ours that you could go to week after week. You could try where there's great visiting preaching, there's fantastic worship. Although I think our worship is good and our preaching is good. 
You could go to a church of thousands. You could visit Hillsong and there are 15,000 worshippers there. And like Daphne was saying, it's something else. It's like Hollywood. You can see all this stuff and do all this stuff, but what brings you here? It is the fact that you're family. That's it. With all its weirdness and its crampedness, we're family. We're family. And it is the grace of God that knits us together. And it is the Spirit of God that holds us together. Together with the elders, Lee has kept watch over your soul. He has protected you against savage wolves who have tried to come in and draw you away. We have not always succeeded. Some people have been drawn away who should never have left us. Never. We need to know which body we're part of and which church we're proud to be a member of. He has visited, comforted, encouraged, carefully listened to, and advised many. And then they've just walked away. God sometimes removes people from churches and places them in another. That's his prerogative. He grafts us into a body. He takes us and he builds us into a church. You must never tear yourself out of where God has grafted you and look to graft yourself to another church, another body of believers, because it doesn't work. I know people who've left here two years ago and are still looking for a church. I know people who've left six months ago and are still roaming around looking for a church. Why? Because they've pulled themselves away from the grafting that God has done and they're void now. I'm not saying don't leave, but you need to know when God is moving you and when God is grafting you something. It's like receiving a new organ. Organs don't always take, do they? They look healthy, they look strong, they come from a strong person, but your body cannot receive it. That is the church. You know if you're part of the family of hope or you're not. If you're not, we would like you to be, but God, if God doesn't want you to be, then you will go, you cannot stay. But if God has grafted you, don't pull yourself away until God removes you and places you in another church. I was pastoring in Uxbridge for over 25, 23 years, I think. I meet people today that were part of that church, Open Door Church, and they left maybe 20 to 30 years ago. And do you know what they say to me? They say, we haven't found a church like Open Door Church. And it wasn't because it was their first church or where they got saved. They haven't found the place because the place should still be there. And they should still be part of that church. But they ripped themselves away. They were enticed. They were pulled away. 
It is an impossible thing to remove oneself from a spiritual family that God has grafted you to. And you can only be a member of one church. I only have one family. You can visit other churches, but you can only be part of one church. Because it's not something you attend, it's a family that you have been grafted into. Lee was not appointed by elders or trustees or a congregation. But like Paul, it was by the Holy Spirit who made him an overseer, a shepherd of the church of God, which has been bought with his own blood. He was appointed to be here. In the same way you were appointed to be here, If you're not, I understand that. You're just visiting. You're having a look. What is this family like? But if God appoints you, stay. Don't break the appointing of God. Some months ago, uh, Lee was speaking to somebody. I'm sure you won't want to be sharing this, Lee. I won't mention any names. And I chatted to this guy, he was another pastor, and he said, um, he said, God doesn't call you to a church, he calls you to the ministry. I nearly hit him in the chops. (laughs) I believe that's such a lie. It's such a lie. You are called and appointed as a leader, as a member of the family to the church that God appoints you to. He cannot go anywhere. It would be hard even for him to go into another church when he walks out of this one. Do you understand? You go, oh, no, it's all right, just go to this one or go to this one or you can't do that. If that, you could do that, then everything I'm saying is nonsense. Everything I've believed, everything I've dedicated my life to is nonsense. But it's not. You know, some of you, I look out on you and some of you have a good sleep Sunday by Sunday. (laughs) A good sleep. One or two just woke up then when I said that. (laughs) I believe some of you are so miserable here. Well, it looks that way to me. Some of you, I don't think, have listened to a word I've said in 15 years. (laughs) And I go home and ask the question, then why do you come? Because you're part of this family. That's why you come. You're invited to the family meeting. And Jesus has invited us to his house to have our meeting. That's why you're here. So carry on sleeping, I don't care, really. (coughs) Carry on ignoring 99% of what we say. It doesn't matter. If you keep coming, you'll get to glory. That's the most important thing. But it would be good if you listen now and again. We put a lot of work into these sermons. We're up early every, every Sunday morning. But if you don't, you don't. It says in Psalm 68 and verse 6, he sets the lonely in families. You were set, you see. 
You didn't wander in. It wasn't an accident that you turned up at Hope. The Spirit of God called someone to bring you, or you were led or directed. And when you came here, the Spirit of God got hold of you and said, you must stay. This is where I've placed you. This is where you function in the body. What's your future, Lee? And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going. You may come back, Lee. Amen. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Now, Brother Lee, I don't know if you're going to go to prison. It's a tremendous privilege to go to prison for the sake of the gospel. It's a tremendous privilege to lay your life down for Jesus Christ. Tremendous privilege. But if you don't, I'll tell you one thing. You will face hardship. It's hard all the way, Lee. We know this. We talk about it many times. This is a war zone we live in. Do you realise? Satan is the god of this world. The prince of the power of the air. And we are battling in enemy territory. We are behind the lines. So if you think Christianity is about happy clappy all the way to Jesus, all the way to heaven, well, you're not the Christian that I think you are. This life sucks. It's terrible. Amen. <laughs> not quite the right place to When Paul spoke to young Timothy, he says this, he says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Endure a hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. When they finished speaking, they knelt down together and they wept. They wept not because of the things that he said in his speech, but because We'll all be weeping in a minute. Because he said, I'll never see you again. I hope that scripture's wrong, Lee. Phew. This is God's word to you, Lee. And to us as a church...
I don't think this scripture is only fitting for the Apostle Paul. It's fitting to every faithful shepherd, elder, overseer, bishop, whatever you want to call them, they're all the same thing. Who takes responsibility because he has no choice because he has been appointed by God to care for a family that God has gathered together by his spirit and put us together in one place. I don't know anywhere on the face of the earth that such a mixed group of people can come together and love and respect one another but in the church. And we do it because his grace and love has been made available to us. Otherwise we'd rip each other apart. We would all have left in the first few weeks. But we can't leave because God has gathered us to be a family. Okay, we've got something for you. We're going to weep and we're going to pray for you. This is a, a token of the people's love and appreciation, a monetary token, but this book has the heartfelt feelings uh, of the majority of people here. Th this is with you for a short while. This is with you. And this is worth a weight of gold. So come on, Lee. Come up here. Dave, you come. Andrew, you come. I'll ask both these brothers to take their turn in praying. As they are your elders at this time. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together. Bind us together with love. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you're a God who is love. We thank you that you love us unconditionally. Your love is like an ever-flowing Waterfall, Niagara Falls. And Father, we pray that you'll pour out more and more of your gracious love onto Lee, Lord. May it flow out, may your presence, may your very essence of you as a God of love just come and to fill and to flood him with all that you want to do. We thank you, Father, that uh, he is part of us, Lord. And that can never, ever, ever change, Lord. We thank you that you've bound us together with something which is just inseparable in many ways. And we just love him to bits, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for who he is. 
Thank you, Father, yes, for his position, Lord, but we thank you for him as a person and for the family, Lord. And we pray, Father, that he might go in your love as well, that he might be contained in your love. We thank you, Father, that your love is a, an ever-flowing love, Lord, that you will take him where you want him to be, and if he's to come back, Lord, you'll bring him back again, Lord. But pray, Father, you'll cause him to flow in your love, Lord, that he will be floating. And I pray, Father, that he might not be floating face downwards, Lord. It's not a place of despair and de despondency, Lord, but he might float in your presence, Lord, on that wave of your love, Lord, looking up to you, Lord, confident that you will take him where you want to take him and you will bring him to the place where you want to bring him, Lord. So I pray, Father, for your blessing, for your anointing, for your grace, and most of all, for your presence to be with him. We send him out, Lord. We, we release him, Lord, in many ways, but we release him into your love in Jesus' name. Father, we um, thank you for Lee. And we pray you bless him. I pray you bless his family. Bless Amanda and Kian and Bethany. Keep them close, Lord. And as they draw near to you, Lord, that you draw near to them. Help them to be strong in you, Lord. Fill him continually, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Prosper him and bless him. keep him safe we pray in Jesus name Amen just commit ourselves to the Lord at this time. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you love us so much. You don't leave us lonely, but you draw us into loving Christian families. And Father, I just pray now that we shall know the peace of God in our hearts and our lives as we seek to serve you in this place 
and commit ourselves to each other because of your great love and your wonderful sacrifice for each one of us. You brought us into a family, a very special family, a local family, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.